Hello everyone, welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today we'll be shining a light on why you shouldn't apply for jobs with Iris Guo. Welcome, Iris. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, great chatting with you. And to start, do you mind just giving us all a brief introduction to who you are? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Iris. I'm currently in my last year at University of Waterloo. And uh, during my university years, I've um, basically worked in all different kinds of industries. I started with a major in financial management um, and accounting. So I, I did a bunch of roles in finance, including uh, venture capital, private equity, capital markets, sales and trading, um, consulting, and then decided that none of these was something that I'm super passionate about. And during my time as a VC, I really enjoyed talking to founders. I think that was my favorite part of the job. And um, I took that step further and realized that I really wanted to be on the other side of the table, being a, found, a founder or a builder and a product person. So that's how I decided that I wanted to transition from a finance career into product management. Um, so then uh, the first product I founded and built on was uh, called Open Meal. And this was a nonprofit where um, I was the first PM on the team and we were able to start this B2B2C um, platform to help restaurants um, to gain more revenue during COVID and help p- people who are food insecure to have free food. Um, so in the end, we fundraised over $42,000 and gave out over 3,000 meals to people in need across five cities in the U.S. And after working on Open Meal, I was able to kind of prove my some of my product skills and then move on to um, working at some of the big tech companies, including BlackBerry, where I work on their security B2B SaaS product, um, Google X, where I work on the robotic project, and also Microsoft, where I work on uh, a product built for people with ADHD to help them improve productivity. So yeah, and then I also, um, I'm currently working on another climate tech side project um, called Nutrify, where we help educate people to understand um, the the carbon footprint impact behind food consumption. So that's about me and yeah, really happy to be here. Very cool. Thank you so much for sharing. So clearly you've been involved in many programs and different opportunities, which is which is great to hear, including a few internships as a student. So what parts of your journey inspired you to come here today and tell everyone to not apply to jobs? Yeah, for sure. Um, so. A part of my journey also involved being a mentor and career coach for, for many students. Um, so I've been a um, product coach at Edith Fellowship, and I've been a career mentor at consulting. Um, and I've just seen so many students, um, I've heard about like their, their journey of like job search and how it's been a big struggle, especially during COVID. Um, and I just wanted to I think all of those experience of like talking to probably like um, hundreds of students and then helping them to prep for mock interviews, um, like editing a resume and help them with the job search process uh, really inspired me to highlight this issue to, to more students out there and talk about the, the, the basically um, the harm behind blindly applying for jobs and what is a better approach to go when you wanted to work somewhere. Yes, and diving deeper into that, what what pitfalls have you experienced yourself or you've seen others experience in blindly applying for roles? 
for sure. So I myself, uh, I think the most job I've applied for in one cycle was 200 jobs, where I only like heard back from 10 companies. And then um, got, I mean, I, I, I ended up having like 10 interviews and then got five offers. Um, but then that was, um, it was a good result. But I the amount of effort I put in was just um, very paralyzing. So I think the pitfall there is that um, sometimes when we see the number of opportunities out there, um, I think at the beginning, the volume game is important, but you would end up like falling into this vicious cycle of just, oh, let me just apply for more jobs. And then um, it will it will kind of put you into a mindset that I just want a job. And then um, so that's the number one pitfall is that you end up lowering like what your self-worth is. You think like, I'm kind of like begging for a job and then end up mass applying for every every job out there. And I don't think that's very healthy for your mental health of like thinking of what you want instead of just what jobs are out there um, and then understanding your values and what you're looking for in a job. Um, and then number two is that it's usually unsuccessful. Like how many of the online posting that you apply to actually give you interviews and actually lend you a job? it's very, very low percentage. Like they, there is no way that people actually go through all the applications, the thousands of applications that come in um, in an online posting uh, when you have nothing but a resume to show. So it's hard for you to stand out with just a piece of paper. So the second principle is just low success rate. And then I would say lastly is that when you apply to many jobs, you may end up like not, knowing what you want and uh, you may just be applying to anything that's like mildly relevant and it's a waste of your time where you could have spent on networking on on talking to people at a company on improving your profile on doing side project um, adding more things to your resume so you're because every choice you make is a trade-off right like if you end up spending 10 hours per week applying for jobs, then those are 10 hours that you're not spending on improving yourself and personal development. So just choose wisely. Yeah, those are great pitfalls that you mentioned. I mean, not great to experience, but great examples of pitfalls. And I especially like what you mentioned about mental health and applying for hundreds of jobs, usually getting an automated rejection um, quickly after. I think I once got a rejection email like five minutes after applying to a role which is just it's silly and it's not it's not good for your mental health so I appreciate you mentioning that and I think the the golden question of today perhaps is what alternatives do you suggest for listeners who are looking for new roles for sure so um nowadays how I apply for jobs is really just through networking because I've already built up a professional network and I am able to like reach out to people at various companies I want to work for and I ask them targeted questions about their job, their role, and um, get on the call with them, understand the company culture, understand what this role is looking for, and see if they un- if they know any recruiters um, that you can reach out to, and also potentially ask for a referral. So that's the optimal situation. But for people who are starting out in college, you may not have a professional network set up already. I think it's still very important to do those code outreach and um or ask for like warm introductions. I think it's best to look for people who have common grounds with you first. So look at alumni from 
um, the same school and people who may have even the same major or anything that's like relevant to your background where you can relate to each other or um, maybe you have like a similar interest or hobby that you can relate to each other or um, you went to the same high school. Um, so anything like that, that give you more than a cold outreach, um, utilize those those common experience and then reach out to these people like either through LinkedIn or email and also basically outreach and showing very specific interests, writing personalized messages, telling them why you want to reach out to them specifically. Um, you don't want them to feel that this is just like a one of those bots um, and spamming messages and you're just writing the same message for everyone. So you want to be personalized, uh, which will increase your success rate of getting on a call with these people and then um, them end up referring you for a job. I think referral is not, it's definitely not like the golden ticket to an offer because getting referral may still not get you an interview even. It's still, but like at the end of the day, it depends on like how good your resume is. But in order to even make your resume being seen by the recruiter, that's where recruit uh, like the referrals come into play. Like, because they will put your resume on a higher stack and then people will at least be able to see them. And that increase your success rate already a lot by getting interviews. Um, and also I'll say like talk to super connectors in your network. So people who know a lot of people um, so that they can introduce you to someone else. And um, I would also look at ways to like best ways to reach a recruiter because sometimes recruiters may prefer LinkedIn messages or they may prefer email. So finding out their preference or trying different channels is also very important. And um, be very specific about the kind of recruiter you reach out to because not every recruiter hire for university roles. So look for specifically university recruiters and for whatever job you're looking for. Maybe they hire for software engineer, um, designers, product managers, and Try to be as specific as you can in your outreach. And another important channel to reach these people is through career fairs. So uh, you wanted to go to like either university hosted career fairs or um, like Grace Hopper Conference, which is a huge woman in tech conference every year where there are thousands of people coming through, mentors, um, recruiters, and it's a huge talent pipeline for hundreds of companies. So utilizing those opportunities will be very important. Uh, and another organization I'm in is called Rewriting the Code um, or RTC. So there we also talk about like how to uplift, uplift women in tech. And then uh, it's a great organization for anyone interested in tech roles to be part of. So that's also where like the recruiters will reach out. And there's also another app called um, Canva. So they're also great for like job search and looking for recruiters to reach out to. Um, and I would say it's a combination of all of those networking, reaching out and plus your own experience that will end up helping you to land a job without you applying because your network is already referring you and then um, they can vouch for your experience. And that's also where side projects really come into play. If you're able to work on side projects with industry professionals and they can vouch for your work ethics and that you have certain skill sets, then I think that will also easily get you into the door.
for something. Um, yeah. Awesome. That was great. Thank you for sharing all of those. It sounds like two major things I heard you say was your network and leveraging that. That's obviously a huge one. And then at the end there, you also mentioned side projects, which I definitely agree with because even if you're chatting away with your network, you do sort of need to sell yourself like you are the right person for the role that they're going to refer you for. So definitely agree with you there. I have a follow-up question for you. You mentioned you, you reach out to your network when you're looking for new roles. Do you typically reach out to people in your network first if they like work at companies you're interested in or do you find open job roles and then find someone in your network that can help you with that particular job role like what is it the chicken or the egg first yeah great question so i think it really depends on the size of the company you're looking at if it's a big tech company then i would definitely look for job posting first um, and then reach out to people working at that company because in a big company people are usually very remote from recruiting. Like if I'm a product manager working at Google, then I probably don't even know who the recruiter is. So the most I can do is to give you a referral so that um, you can increase your chance to get the interview. Um, and also because, because they're not as connected in the recruiting pipeline, so they won't know if there will be like a job opening up for your specific role. So it would make more sense for you to find a job posting first and then reach out. Um, whereas in a small startup company where there are only like 10 people in a company and everyone probably knows each other, um, they may not even have an HR. In that case, it makes a lot more sense to just reach out directly to the leadership. You can even just reach out to the CEO or a founder of a startup if it's small enough, then, and then asking them, like proving yourself to them that you are a valuable add to their company. And these are the values that you can add on. And then, um, in this case, then you can try to create a job posting for yourself is by pitching your values and what you can bring to the company to um, the leadership level of the startup and then ask them to hire you on as an intern or full time. So in this case, it's a lot more agile and a lot more flexible and you just need to prove your value. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point about startups and that sometimes the rule doesn't even exist that you know you can help them out with, but it's worth asking and trying. And another question for you I have is when reaching out to recruiters in particular, how do you recommend people stay persistent and strong without being overwhelming to the recruiter? For sure. I think it all depends on, well, first you want to make sure that you're reaching out to the right recruiter. So the making sure that a recruiter you're reaching out for actually hires for the role that you're looking for. Um, you don't want to reach out to a recruiter that has for hires for like executives and then you're an intern and it's just a huge mismatch. So first making sure it's the right person. And then I also know that like, well, we all know recruiter is very busy and they, they don't usually reply when you reach out, but sometimes they do reply. And, and then that's, those are the times that you need to really, um, make sure you like take advantage of or like um, make sure when they reply um, you have you have your response ready and I would say in terms of being persistent I think if you send like depends oh, that also depends on like what kind of content you send them so you want to make sure that you are um, sending them valuable content not just that hey I'm Iris I really want a job um, can you give me a job? Like that's not going to be very helpful. 
Um, you want to tell them why you deserve to work at the company, what kind of skill set do you bring to the table, and why is this job a good fit for you? And these are questions that they want to know to assess you as a candidate. So um, make sure you answer those in your outreach. And when they don't respond, it's okay. Like you can reach out back out maybe in a week or a month times, giving them some personal update. You can talk about, oh, hey, um, I reached out last month and I like this month I've, I've been, I just took like a SQL database class and I think I just gained like these kind of skill sets. Um, just wanted to follow up on this message and see if you, you're hiring for any product intern. So those are great updates that you can give them and then they will feel more like it's more personalized, more genuine than just saying, I really want a job at your company. Can you give me a job? So um, just like making sure you're sending out the right content and being personalized, being genuine. Um, I think eventually recruiters are people as well. They will, if they see your message and they resonate with it, they will reply. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you, Iris. And I'm curious when you experience this or you tell other people these these tips and this advice, you know, leverage your network, do side projects. Are there any sort of, I don't know the right phrasing for this, but common mistakes that you see people make when trying to do either of these things? Or do you have any like frequently asked questions that you're asked that you maybe want to cover now? Yeah. So common mistake in networking, right? Um, I would say one common mistake is probably that a lot of people, they like, they tend to mass message a lot of people and then not having enough personalization in their networking approach. And also I think that just like gives off an in this genuine vibe and then people would be less likely to respond. And then another mistake is not understanding people's communication preference because some people, maybe they just don't use LinkedIn and you keep sending them LinkedIn message and they'll never, never see it. Um, so understand whether they prefer email or LinkedIn or other communication methods um, is also important. And I would say another thing is, another mistake is people, especially students, always think that they don't have anything to offer. And so they'll just like, ask people for advice, for suggestions, and like they always ask and forget that they actually have values to offer um, the people on the other side as well. Um, that that is totally wrong like you do not know what the other person is going through and something that you know could be very unique and valuable for the person on the other side and the key is to like really know them on a personal level like if you know me i'm a huge movie person and i love playing poker so if you have any like resources about like how to be the best poker player or like um this is a movie that's about poker even better so like those are like great values they're not like career value per se, but um, they're like great personal value that you can add to other people's life. So, which is why like getting to know someone on a personal level is very important for you to have more of a um, like give and take relationship instead of just take, take, take. And then uh, until the other person maybe like don't want to help you anymore. So uh, you wanted to like have a great balance where you're also helping them in different levels. Yes, I think that's a really good point. And when you bring something to the table, I think you appear more confident as well, which I, I think is super important. For the sake of playing devil's advocate, because I think that's important, when do you think it's useful to actually apply directly to a role? 
unless this is a, qu- a trick question and you never think it's useful, but I'm curious. Yeah, for sure. I've Honestly, I, I've actually learned offers um, from directly applying to a role. And that was quite a surprise. Like when, when I applied to Google X, I didn't really know anyone at the company. And I also wasn't able, like the timeline doesn't allow me to uh, reach out to people and then get networking because um, sometimes when a job just come out, you wanted to take advantage of that timeliness and then apply right on the spot. So that's what I did. I applied right there when the job just came out and making sure that my resume is on, on the top of the stack. And um, I also wrote a quick sentence where at the end they're saying like, is there anything else you want to tell us? And like a free text box there, I wrote um, like a three to four sentence paragraph mentioning like why X is um, such a cool place for me to work and what do I like about it? Uh, why do I think I'm a good fit? So basically explaining yourself in a short paragraph and um, explaining your, your passion and your why for the company and why for this role. Um, I think that may have differentiated me a little bit in terms of getting that um, product management internship at X. So I would say there are times that worked for me, but it is very rare. Um, and for the times that work, it's usually because I applied right when the position is open. Like sometimes I would even stay up until midnight to see when the position is going to open. Um, and I think that's that's great because the, that basically have the same effect as a referral. The referral enable your resume to be seen by a recruiter and applying right when the position come out also enable you your resume to get seen because it's at the top of the stack and they will start reviewing from the very top. So that's when directly applying to a role could be effective as well. Yes, I agree with that. I think I'll also add that uh, it has paid off for me personally when directly applying for roles, even if I got rejected, if you can keep your resume in their database, um, that surprisingly helps sometimes in the long run. So if for some reason or somehow they're like, oh, do you want to keep your resume in our database and learn about future opportunities, I would suggest always clicking that button because that sometimes that does pay off. Okay, Iris, last question. Do you have any last words of wisdom for anyone looking for a role and is maybe just scrolling through sites and directly applying? Yeah, for sure. So if anything I said today stick with you is um, really like network and utilize those referrals to help you get to the next position. Um, And then I would say try to broaden your network by really getting to people on a personal level so that you're no longer just professional connections, but you also know each other. And um, I think I've gained a lot of friends actually through LinkedIn and just through people getting to know me on a personal level and getting to know my work and each of us like respecting each other on a personal level. And I would say... Another thing is like networking may seem daunting at first, but um, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Like right now I can just hold up a conversation with anyone really and um, talk about things we have in common or um, debating ideas. So I would say try to try, like try not to always be controlling of the conversation. Sometimes when you're nervous and you will be like, oh, I have to ask this question so that we don't like have awkward silence. It's okay. It's okay to have silence, right? Like it could be like thinking time. It could be just like 
try to look at the cadence of like talking and then be natural when you're when you're talking to a stranger. It's totally fine. And probably people also know that you're nervous. Maybe they're even nervous to talk to a stranger and have that empathy when you're talking to someone, knowing that they may be thinking the same thing and be more understanding. So I think that would only help you in the long run in terms of break, like um, building relationships and um, understanding other people. Another thing I'll add is also when you're holding, a, holding up a conversation is to match the energy level of the other person. Um, I think this is a really helpful technique that I've learned just from building relationship is that if you are a usually like very high energy person and then you're talking to an introvert who doesn't like talking that much, like try to be toned down a little bit because you don't want to scare them. You don't want to make them feel like so exhausted after talking to you. Like I'm usually like a very high energy and high vibe person, which vibe well with someone else who's also high energy. But when I'm talking to introverts, I would try to be a little calmer, talk a little slower and just don't try to um, force all your energy onto other people. So having that energy vibe also is important. Um, And lastly, I would say also have fun, right? Like networking isn't supposed to be boring and it's supposed to be fun. You're you're meeting new people, you're understanding their career journey. And um, these could be a lifelong like relationship and mentorship. I I've met so many mentors um, for my own career journey who I'm still in talk with. And we don't just talk about career, although I often ask them for advice when when it comes to like pivotal career moment for me uh, in terms of like, oh, which offer should I choose? Which company should I join? But um, they can also be your friends. So yeah. And then I'm also for anyone out there who's like still having any career struggles or Uh, wondering how to network or how to break into product management um, or how to get into tech in general, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also a career coach, so I'm happy to help anyone who's struggling out there. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us, Iris. It was great chatting with you today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.